Sure. Like with our legislation, Supervisor Jeff Sheehy and I proposed legislation, the right to civil counsel through an ordinance. And, you know, we can do this on the local level at the Board of Supervisors. Not only do we plan to do it and pass this legislation as mayor, I will fund that and make sure that when someone is facing an unjust eviction, they don't have to do so alone. Um, and they do that with support from a lawyer. Um, the other thing that we need to do is add more support to our program that provides funding for those who need additional money when they can't afford to pay their rent. Say if you lose your job and you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from and you need just a little help paying the rent for the next month or two or three, we have programs like that. We just don't put enough money into it and it runs out fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. And so providing that could be all the difference. Providing additional funding for that could be all the difference in making sure we can keep people housed. That should be our number one priority. Keep people housed, housing preservation uh, for affordable housing and making sure that we're watching those things just as closely as everything else we're addressing. The second thing is just what's happening on our streets every single day. People who are living on the streets who sadly have substance abuse and mental health concerns. And what I am proposing um, are safe injection sites. And I'm really, um, I'm excited about the work I did. Last year, 30% of San Franciscans supported safe injection sites. And then I began the process of a task force to talk about the issue, to look at what's happening all over the world. It's working in Vancouver. It's working in other places. I put out, I started down a path of a public awareness campaign, explaining to people how this can not only, you know, save money, it could save lives. Um, if we opened one site, $2.7 million in hospital visits and all um and all the other cleanup efforts and social services we provide for this particular um, challenge. And my ultimate goal is I want to get the needles off the streets. I want to get the people off the streets from shooting up publicly. And I want to save someone's life. And um, part of safe injection sites can do just that. And last year, 30% of San Franciscans supported it. And this year, polls show that 67% of San Franciscans support it. So I think that the work we did to open, um, to talk to the public about this particular issue and just really let folks know how this this could be helpful has really opened people's eyes to being more supportive about this effort. Um, the other thing that I'm working on is um, reforms to our mental health system. And we know that there are people who struggle uh, with mental health challenges. And part of what I am moving forward is, you know, like is, is not treating it like a criminal issue. Um, and someone's like, for example, harm to themselves and others. And, and there has to be a law broken in order for them to get, you know, assisted. But we are proposing that we take that component out of the district attorney's office and move it over to the city attorney's office and treat these cases like child conservatorship cases. And the goal is we want to get people the help they need. We want to we don't want to institutionalize anyone. We don't want to, you know, hold people and 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 um, for longer periods of time than we need to. I think it's important that we do it in a way that, you know, shows respect to the individual Tastes so good, it's it's Bug Out Square, it's Tuesday at 6 o'clock. Damn, that's loud, huh? <laughs> Kinda scared myself. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that? 
vigilante man. I've been hearing his name all over the land. Hey, this week on Bug House Square. Well, huge plans, big plans. It's really super complicated, so I can't get into it right now. You just have to just sit back and enjoy. This is Mutiny Radio. This is Bug House Square. Welcome. A vigilante man Down in the still as a mouse Man come along and chased us out in the rain Was that a vigilante man? Stormy days we'd pass the time away Sleeping in some good warm place Man come along and we give him a little race Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man And he said, unite all you working men Killed him in the river, some strange man Was that a vigilante man? does a vigilante man why does a vigilante man carry that sawed off shotgun in his hand would he shoot his brother and sister down I rambled around from town to town I rambled around from town to town and they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land
Up on the white veranda She wears a necktie and a Panama hat Her passport shows her face from Another time and place She looks another like Bye. 
as the island slowly sank The loser finally broke the bank in the gambling room The dealer said, it's too late now You can take your money, but I don't know how you'll spend it in the doom The tiny man bit the soldier's ear as the floor caved in And the boiler in the basement blew Till she's out on the balcony where a stranger tells her My darling devil devil boo She sheds a tear and then begins to pray
Said she can't understand me She can't see my motivation Just give me some security I'm a paranoid skin side product of the 20th century You keep all your smart fucking writers Give me William Shakespeare You keep all your smart mother fingers I'll take Bam Bam Dish and the Vintage Myself shot down Some trigger happy peace man Keep a hold of my Yeah.
Yeah, that's Queen <clears throat> from the, um, the Day of the Races. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. A day at the races, queen, tie your mother down, side one, cut one. There you go. That's a good one, man. Hey, how you doing? It's Bug House Square. It's, you know, uh, you probably know that by now because I've said it before. And I'll say it again. It's mission, uh, mission. <laughs> it's, uh, we are on a mission, uh, basically to stay open. And it's a, it's a constant struggle for us, but I think it makes us better people. Um, you know, we always thought of like, wow, we're in the heart of, uh, you know, the tech world, right? And uh, there should be all kinds of, there's all heaps of money flowing around this town. It's like, why don't we get like a uh some tech company just to sponsor us you know and we can be uh you know uh whatever hyper mega ultranet radio and all the bills would be paid um and then i th think about that and it's like ah, i don't know you know I, there's something about the struggle so if you come here through the website, hit that donate button and give us a few bucks. It's really, and it goes to good use. It's not like anybody's getting rich here. It all goes to rent and utilities. And then we, we pay our dues as well and, and try to provide uh, all kinds of programming. So don't just check this out. Like Flat Black Plastic is a great show on Saturdays. Uh, it's uh, the, the, the cat's really into good music and it's like every show is like a performance so he, he check that one out flat black plastic saturdays look at that schedule go through the website and you can see podcasts and then it'll come up each day of the week and uh, he's on a saturday i think noon to two something like that or 10 to noon something like that. um yeah so uh it's been <laughs> it's, <clears throat> it's raining and it's been raining and it's like we need the rain, but I need to work too. <laughs> it's been like, uh, well, I'm doing, you know, I'm getting stuff done, but um, nothing that's, anyway, I don't want to bore you with my, uh, you know, financial woes. Um, but it is nice to have rain because we really do need it, do need it. And it's, it's just cool. And it's, they, they call them atmospheric rivers sometimes. They're so, they're so intense. And that's just a great, that's a great, uh, one of those weather terms, you know, some are kind of cheesy, but, uh, atmospheric river, man, that is just, that's just, that's ominous. <laughs> when you think of like the Mississippi river, like hanging over your head, Ooh. um, let me, uh, 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 well, let me tell you what mutiny radio is. It's, it's, it's not just a radio station. No, no, it's a, it's a place where you can come and hang out if you want to. If you're traveling through, I'm like, oh, I always want to go to San Francisco. Well, um, you know, if you, if you do come into town, 21st in Florida and the beautiful mission where it's always flat and sometimes sunny. The time has changed, so it, it is light. But um, the sun is up, but the sky is gray. Um, let's see. And yeah, you can come in and get out of the rain. Um, we have hot water. That's all we have in the bathroom. That's how that's how how we're reaching out to the community. We only have hot water, um, not like the service stations where they broke the knob off the hot. No, no, no. 
we broke the one off the cold. That's how we roll here. Well, let me grab these records that we just listened to. Um, all right, yeah, that was Queen. Before that, were the Kinks off uh, Muswell uh, Hillbillies, uh, 20th Century Men. Before that, uh, Bob Dylan off the Desire record, uh, Black Diamond Bay. Uh, before that, Stevie Wonder, uh, Boogie On Reggae Woman, and Santana um, off their first record. That was, uh, what was that? Uh, um, Soul Sacrifice. Now, <clears throat> I... Um, I've been getting into Santana. Well, I don't know. I, I, I like Santana, and there's always like a few songs that, that were just like really good. But the other day I watched, um, it was Santana at um, uh, Woodstock. And, you know, I mean, there's like, I know there's a movie and all, and it was, I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen <laughs> the movie. Um, but this was a um a clip of their song do, uh, of them doing that song it was unfucking believable uh check that out it's uh, it's on you know the interweb um soul sacrifice uh santana and it just blew that version away that the 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 studio version was just like what a weird mix it's like carlos is buried and you could i don't know it was but that was their first record i think they were just kind of um, you know, working things out, but, um, and then we opened up with, um, another train wreck <laughs> of a song, a, uh, long time gone, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young live. Um, it's the four way street record. And I, I just like that song because it's just so bad, but it's so greasy. It's, it, it is a good groove. And I like, uh, I like uh, uh, speaking out against the madness. Sometimes you have to. Um, and one thing we do here uh, to speak out against the madness or to prevent um, madness in general is a segment called Rise from the Basement because it's no lie in the basement we're miles apart, no surprise, going to rise from the basement. And what it is, it's uh, any style, any genre, music has to be recorded where you live so these are home recordists um they do this stuff in their uh if they have studios or some people you know you can do it right off a, a pad or a phone um and you can have you can get take it to all different levels but in the end there is there is that that um seed or nut <laughs> the core mm, nugget of uh of music in there and this there's uh it's very uh, gratifying to hear like some uh, really, uh, really excellent songs. Um, this is Kay Jizzle. This man is a machine. It's this, this song is so fresh. It's it's still wet. Um, I am stronger is the name of this. And hold on, I got let me turn this up. And uh, I touch that, and the pause button comes. The dots go and then they're they're going and sometimes as a single in the now the play button came back here let's try it again
Yeah, it's the feelies. <clears throat> the feelies. <laughs> uh, for a while, that called, um, and it's off the um, Only Life record. Uh, they had another one, I think, before that. Um, God, I can't think of it. But that was good. I had that one and lost it somewhere. Lost it somewhere. Uh, we're going back to the basement. This is the Flesh Hammers. Can I tell you a little bit about them? Uh, let me see if I can get this and enlarge it. I brought these glasses with, and they seem to be kind of ineffective. <laughs> oh, I'm, they're doing something, but um, uh, let me tell you about the artists. Uh, the Flesh Hammers are a controversial and musically brilliant outfit who have succeeded in creating a sound all their own. The band was formed in 2003 in Reno, Nevada, but is now based in the San Francisco Bay Area. The flat. Okay, we're, um, the name of this song is called Psycho Woman. And I'm, uh, all right, that's turned up. I'm touching, touching that. Come on. All right, the circle with the, you know, with the dot, the little gap that rotates. Here we go. Feel as though we've met before 
is just that I remind you of someone you used to care about. Oh, but that was long ago. Now tell me, do you really think I'd fall for that old line? I was not born just yesterday. Besides, I never taught the strangers in their way. Yeah, it's Tom Waits off the um, Foreign Affairs record uh, with Real Tiny Writing. Uh, I'm not sure uh, uh, the name of that song. <laughs> you can guess or uh, find out. We're going back to the basement. This is Philip Peters. Philip Peters. Um, if you dig this, go on uh, Bandcamp and look for it. I'm going to try to get any some more information off this thing. Um, uh, um, this is Welcome to the Quiet Room uh, by by Quiet Room. I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not sure. Hold on. Let me uh, read this. So, Philip Peters, singer, songwriter, recording artist. Welcome to the Quiet Room. So, I guess that is the name of the record by Quiet Room. So, I guess that's what Philip Peters's uh, alter ego might be. Quiet Room. 
And uh, this is, God, can I make this bigger? Carbon Dioxide Girl. And see you guys up. And if you dig this, um, look for Philip Peters Bandcamp. That's where there's that's where you find it. The circles are going in a circle, and, and the pause thing came back. That's always a good sign. But you know, uh, usually it's uh, here we go.
Limpia, limpia bota, limpiame los zapatos, limpia, limpia bota, limpiame los zapatos, vayan las alegres notas de la música cubana. Yeah, that's off my Latin Hurricane record. Um, these are the uh, uh, Los Cinco Caballeros, <laughs> and that was uh, Limpia Botas. And we're going back to the basement. This is uh, Eric Ammerman. If you dig this, you can find it on Bandcamp. This is off uh, the Low Trees EP, and this song is called Blinds. Uh, Eric Ammerman, and let's see, we got that, and that's up, that's the pause, everything's in place, just like...
Yeah, it's Funkadelic off uh, The Greatest Hits, um, uh, uh, Perfect Process, name of that song. I'm going back to the basement. This is Adnan Chowdhury. Adnan Chowdhury. If you dig this, um, I got to play this one because it's uh, called Surf and Sitar. And uh, let's see. Let's. Uh, the pause button in the lines. It's a good sign. The lines are dots of going across. I Means something's happening. Uh, sometimes I get impatient and I have to hit it again. Here we go. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's Jan and Dean and the wrecking crew, no doubts. Um, I got to drive. <laughs> oh, man, that was pretty bad, huh? Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They got some good songs, and I'm sure they're, you know, it was like that. But that one, they were uh, paying bills with that song, definitely. All right, uh, we're going back to the basement. This is Manly Martian. Oh, shit. Hold on. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, I mean to curse uh, when I, I like to reserve the cursing for, you know, making a point about something. All right, I'm, I'm kind of getting myself situated. I got these glasses on. They're great for kind of looking, uh, looking around, but they're not. Uh, they're not uh, so I'm, I'm enlarging this. Mar uh, Manly Martian is a studio project formed in 2009 by multi-instrumentalist Nathan Manley and D. Martin. Martian. I'm sorry. Their upcoming double album, Planet Eft, uh, will be uh, comprised of eight tracks and without vocals, and it will feature eight dot, 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 dot. Read more. Um, you got, uh, I can't. If I get off this page, I may never be able to get back. Um, this song is called Albatross. If you dig this, look for Manly Martian on Reverb Nation. Albatross. See, we can turn that up there. The dot is uh, getting chased around in a circle. This dog chasing its tail one, whatever it's called. I don't know. I'm sure there's a name for that one. But it assures me that something is uh, happening. It has recognized that I did request the song. Um Oh, don't do that. So I got this thing. I just updated the um, operating system on this. And here we go. And um, it keeps asking me for uh, Apple ID. And I bought this thing used. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> Thank you. 
it's just about time I told you I'm all through with you But just about the time I start to tell you I start feeling blue And just about then I lose my nerve And wait another day or two Cause just about the time I think it's over I start missing you Just about time I paid you back for treating me like you do But just about the time I get the nerve I can't seem to carry it through Cause just about then an empty feeling reminds me I miss you
Yeah, it's Errol Smith, sick as a dog off of uh, rocks. <laughs> That's right. Um, what did, we had some before that, too. Um, there's some uh, Johnny Cash in there off of uh, really early uh, Sun Records stuff. Um, and then I got this record. It's um, uh, 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 Front R-O-T-R. And it's, it's oh, I forget what they, oh, Rodney on the Rock, um, who is a big promoter of um, like an L.A. punk bands back in the day. And that was, um, what was that, Power? No, it was called uh, Wild. Wild by, uh, uh, I forget. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, we're going back to the basement. This is Brett Allen Gregory. And this is uh, Tales of the of the Bed Yam. Uh, that's the name of the record. And uh, hold on a second. Um, I think we're gonna do this song. This is Country Girl. Touching that Gregory. Wait, uh, Brett Allen Gregory. If you dig this band camp. Uh, country girl um yeah he's uh, out of um northern california livermore i know where that is pause buttons there it's waiting i close my eyes but i can't sleep look what your love's done to me i know you want to take your sweet time pretty girl i'm about to lose my Just what I need Down this road to end double time My heart ain't stopping for no stop sign You hear me under a moonlit night One little kiss and a bit of my mind Your heart can run but it can't hide it Country girl got to be mine Well everything about I just feel so
Sorry about the quality of that one, but you know, you just, you get what you get, but that's a good tune. That's Donovan, um, uh, uh, Fisher King. What is it? Uh, three King Fishers. Yes. Uh, going back to the basement. This is, what is this? Uh, instrumental rock, uh, featured song. Here we go. This is Todd B. If you dig this. He's out of Everett, Washington. Everett. Um, let's do... Um, song's called Snakebite. Todd B, if you dig this, on band... Uh, I'm sorry, it's... Uh, Reverb Nation, Todd B. Um, oh, yeah. 
Mr. America, try to hide the emptiness that's you inside. But once you find that the way you lied, and all the corny tricks you tried, will not forestall the rising tide of Bug Out Square, Smini Radio, hit that donate button. Thank you, contributors. Nice group this week. And, uh, you know, do what you got to do to do. I know everybody uh, knows about it. I ain't going to point no fingers. I don't want nobody to point no fingers. <laughs> but I, right on, yeah. <laughs> I think it'll break it down. Stone Chucky, Stone Chucky, Stone Stone Chucky. 
stone, stone junkie. Times have now arrived in this nation. There's now a people with a different relation. Black and white, yellow, red and blue. All in the same bag, we know it's true. They're just stone junkies, stone, stone junkies, stone junkies, stone, stone junkies. Don't let your mind become offended, Miss Lady. Cause you ain't no better than, than our typical Sadie. You just got money, you can spend out at will. But when come aches and pains, you still use the pill. I don't mean nothing. Stone junkie, stone, stone junkie. Stone junkie, stone, stone junkie. One more. Stone junkie, stone, stone junkie. Fellas, a pretty big round of applause. 
I will gather the courage I have found in me. I will stand. I will stand. I will honor the vision of who I will be. I will stand. I will stand. I will stand. I will stand, I will stand with this heart. 
Shut 
Hello and welcome to the Common Thread Collective here at MutinyRadio.fm San Francisco. We're at the corner of 21st and Florida Streets here in the Mission District. We hope you come down and join us. We're going to have a really interesting afternoon. We usually do. But this afternoon in particular is going to be of interest, of of social import in in a very specific way because um, Tuesday, June 5th, which is just a couple days from now, is going to be the um, primary election in California for the U.S. House of Representatives, for the uh, governor's seat, for a lieutenant governor. There's many different positions that are on the California ballot um, here on June 5th um, that will help determine who the two final candidates will be in the November general election. So um, we're going to have, we are currently welcoming Dave's out there. Uh, shimmying around, shuffling around the house here at Mutiny Radio and uh, saying hi to all of our guests and friends who come down to be part of that candidate forum. We've got Ryan Kojaste, who's a candidate for District 12. We've got Shahid Buttar and also Barry Hermanson. Um, And Barry is part of the Green Party. So it's going to be an interesting afternoon here at Mutiny Radio on the Common Thread Collective as we uh, jump into uh, the the campaigns of these three gentlemen who are hoping to unseat the incumbent Nancy Pelosi, who has been in the House of Representatives since 1987. So, uh, you know, politics are always a, a little bit uh, confounding, maybe a little bit dirty, and uh, certainly often a bit confusing. But you know what? I'm going to play this song that we like to play at the beginning of every show, and it's Ooby Doobie Whitaker, and he's letting us know, don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. Oh 
It's all right, folks, because we're here at Mutiny Radio. It's an exciting day. Hey, Diamond Dave. Hey, it is an exciting day. This is our last day until the big day of the elections. The, 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 those who already voted, those who already uh, voted, there are those who got their, uh, between their, 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 their papers to vote in the mail. Please bring it in. To, you can bring it in either to your local polling, polling place and come vote. Cause, uh, because there's a lot happening here, and I just happen to have, and we'll be talking to her, a, a candidate for mayor on the ballot, something new to me, but something really special. Hey, Michelle Bravo. Hey there, how are you? Well, considering everything, considering it's a beautiful day. Absolutely. Uh, don't panic, it's organic, on the balance, the balance of life, uh, I'm doing fine. Wonderful. And we got John, we play Ruby and there's John. We did. We've got John Rodano, who I'm glad showed up today as we're as we're still do, taking it down to the wire for the Tuesday election, um, because John always has something important to share with us in his music and his words. So thank you, John, for being here and take it away, my friend. So I'm gonna do a song my wife Vicky Leidner wrote. She wrote this song the day after that uh, election, and it called it post-election acute depression blues after the inauguration she changed it to post-election chronic depression blues and now last week she's telling me she wants to change it to post-election homicidal depression blues and i told her that's good she's starting to think about doing something about it so you know post-election Post-election chronic depression Post-election chronic depression Take an aspirin and kill the pain Four hours later it's back again Post-election chronic depression Friends and family Got same condition and fam got same condition gotta get out of this position gotta be working a midterm election oh yeah that midterm election ain't no pills there ain't no shots so just eat that chocolate Psychosis blowing my brains with high explosives. The lies are true and the truth's all lies. No matter what you're seeing with your own two eyes. Gotta change the house. The people's house. Can't drain a swamp from the new White House. Can't drain a swamp from the new White House. 
must eat your chocolate Thank you very much. And I'll be back later. Your, partner, your wife wrote that song? Yeah, his wife wrote that song. Wow, it's wonderful. Stick around, John. Thanks, John. I'm talking John. to you, and I have your uh, M Michelle Bravo. <laughs> and Michelle is on the, on the mayor, running for mayor, who's going to be on the ballot. And that's the ballot that's the one, two, three. Remember, folks. But not like in the kind of old days, not so old days. You don't vote for one candidate. You have the opportunity to vote for three. One, two, three. Your favorite, your second favorite, and your third favorite. Is that right, Michelle? That's right. And so you so you made it you decided. I am very excited, yeah. It's, I, I can feel it. It's, it's been a wonderful learning experience. And uh, I am the former uh, San Francisco, well, I was a student representative of the San Francisco School Board. That's actually kind of my first uh, thing that I ever did in anything political uh, when I was in, again, when I was in high school. Uh, there's pictures of that on my Twitter feed at 4SFMayor uh, on Twitter. Uh, just really exciting times. And I'm, I'm great to be here but definitely a lot of of worrisome things brought me oh to goodness. running you know and the more you see uh, when you were a student on the school board i was uh, i was a senator and a, and a senator on the associated student council city college fantastic so we're doing it well, that was when they were trying to take you heard about it trying to take our accreditation away that's right they wanted to take that college over and turn it into what we have no idea but they couldn't do it because yep. we fought them. Fantastic. And that's why I say, and you're saying it too, and you said the school board, I can say more. I say, at City, City College. Yep. In the city. I went to City. <laughs> well, then we say, let's say it together. At City. At City. In the city. In the city. On the planet. On the planet. And in the street. And in the street. That's where we be with our learning key curves. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And our learning key, look at those nipples. <laughs> those learning keys that come together, you're goddess. These learning, our learning curves will come together. At least at this moment of time, and uh, so you had some uh, political thirst or some politics on the school board as a student representative, in which you saw them, and they did, I don't know how much attention they paid to you. I know what it, the way grown-ups are. Well, they they, they had uh, they had overcrowding in the schools back in the late '80s, and uh, that was one of the things I got on the news about and spoke out and definitely spoke out on the uh, school board about that because I mean people were sitting in the window sills on the floor there weren't enough desks wow and you were there too and so that would give you a thirst a thirst which you got for a learning curve that led you right here yes, running sir. for mayor is that right that's correct but we all started somewhere I'd say anyway we all started I go, I go back many 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 years but so here you are and you began to well, tell us all this happened. Well, let me give you my, let me read your card. In fact, you can read your card. It's always interesting to do, see what the candidates are doing with the rest of their life. Some of them are like John Avalos is working for the, for, the, for the union. They have various things they do, and you can find out why. But this is Michelle Bravo. Michelle Bravo, are you Latino? Bravo can be a name. What's Bravo? So name you've taken? Not, you know? not a problem at all. So oh, actually, yeah, yeah. My, my, my father uh, actually was from Buenos Aires in Argentina, so I'm a first generation on his side. But on my mother's side, we go back six generation Northern Californian. Wow. And so, yeah, uh, basically, I'm a... I'm, I'm, 
holistic health practitioner, been in business for 13 years over at the 450 Sutter Building, downtown near Union Square in San Francisco. I'm a uh, definitely a uh, lover of San Francisco, I adore it here. Um, and I'm a military veteran, small home, I, homeowner and business owner here in the city and again I, I got worried because I saw so much trash and feces and not the dog kind but the human kind and I said what the heck's going on why isn't this being cleaned up and why isn't anyone paying attention so and so I assume that you begin to see while well, you're seeing all this stuff on the ground laying around and so on and then this opens up the fact that more and more people are got homeless yep. and trying to keep a tent without having their tents be confiscated and thrown in the garbage uh, the garbage truck while they're, while they're trying to find a place to lay their head, not just naked on the street. Yeah. But if they found a tent, like if it was a small homeowner, they were small owners to them and being harassed again and again and again. And why is this happening? Who's behind it? What do they want, want San Francisco to become? Can we connect that to this word that you hear more and more often? I want you to speak to it. And that word is gentrification. Gentrification, absolutely. And the SFPD, unfortunately, they, you know, 75% of the SFPD do not reside in San Francisco. So they have no connection to our citizens. And that includes the citizens who happen to be transient at the moment. And, uh, and uh, not only residing in San Francisco, having to cross that bridge every day. Yep. And they are, they are we talk about trying to have the uh, police department that reflects in some way the city, the people who live here, the voters, the people who would be voting if they thought there was something to vote for. All of the, uh, this community of San Francisco, there's many communities. So we're hoping to have a, that there should be uh, that not so many of these cops who live uh, outside. And 70 percent, you say, they're, over, they're almost overwhelmingly white people, aren't they? My understanding is that is correct, yes. So we, we, we definitely need a more diverse force. Diverse? We need, yeah, we need to recruit them from, you know, San Francisco, uh, because uh, San Francisco cops are going to understand San Francisco values. At least that's my hope, and that's uh, my intention. And also you mentioned coming out of the Marine Corps, and I, I wish we had a live TV here so I could <laughs> show you, but I could see. And so how long have you spent in the Marine Corps? I enlisted for four years. Were you, that's, that's, were you there for four years? I, I enlisted for four years, spent some time in Vallejo at Mare Island. That's okay. where I was one of an installation of 600 Marines, uh, fast company at a naval base there. It's no longer a naval base. It's been decommissioned. And there's now, oh, I guess uh, folks who live in uh, the nice Lennar homes. Uh, Lennar is now building on Hunter's Point Shipyard. And they're building over on uh, in the Candlestick, where they took out Candlestick Park. And they're, they're building over on Treasure island soon so with that being said um, my understanding is that there those those properties are are fairly well not candlestick but certainly uh, Hunter's Point has been found to be toxic at least the soil the soil tested uh, tests and samples from Tetratech were found to be uh, just not not good and and uh, so thanks for the green uh, what's it the green green uh, green action green action yep who I go back many years with. Wonderful. Course, and Green Action, who really discovered this and said, wait a minute. At Treasure Island, they said, wait a minute. This stuff is toxic. It's toxic because um, because what it was used for when they were during World War II, when they were, when they were taking bombing of, of, of every sort, when people were being sent to the Pacific to bomb and to die and be died, kill and be killed, all that was happening. And of course, they left a footprint. 
Yes, they did. And they did a lot of um, apparently some nuclear testing over on the San Francisco Hunters Point shipyard on animals. And a lot of those animal bodies were buried right in the soil there. And so uh, may, uh, was it Mark Farrell yesterday was uh, quoted and the Sa- uh, San Francisco comical. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. The San Francisco yeah. Chronicle. Uh, basically, he says that he would, quote, along these lines, recommend that his friends and family or anyone else should live on San Francisco Hunters Point shipyard. So uh, I, I basically told him on my Twitter feed, okay, so you were saying one thing before that you were against the Hunters Point shipyard because it's possibly toxic. Now you flip-flopped and said that you would invite your friends and family to live there. Okay. Yeah. So you know what I said? Okay, so Mark Farrell's eaten dirt in terms oh, yeah. of his word. Okay. Oh, so I, I'm saying, you know what? Toxic dirt. <laughs> He's eaten dirt. Well, and I said, okay, so you know what? Mark Farrell, since you've got a bunch of kids, I'd like to see your kids play and eat dirt because kids do if they're playing in the dirt don't they um have your kids it. play and eat dirt out there and let's let's see it dare you yeah, see how, how safe it is yeah, he, well, yeah, he's you gonna, let your kids play there he's gonna ignore you he's not gonna do all that these are politicians as you know quite well and as you've really gotten to learn you know before learn the way you're running have you did you go to a lot were you a lot of the for they had some forums not as many as the mayor's forums yes but some forums where you met your other candidates yes i did um the first one that i attended was the harvey milk one in fact, there was a young woman out here um, that I was chatting about and said the same thing. I, I got so overcome with emotion on the taser piece to find that so many in the community were supportive of, you know, no tasers for the SFPD. I, I kind of lost my voice and forgot what I was going to say for the rest of the conversation. A little bit better for the LGBT uh, San Francisco De- uh, Democratic Club's uh, mayoral forum. We all showed up and we were all invited and uh, we were all standing or uh, sitting on the stage and uh, lo and behold, we all RSVP'd, except for London Breed. Uh, London Breed uh, came over and just kind of showed up unannounced. He didn't RSVP. We, no one had any idea. And kind of crossed her arms and sat in the press-only section and gave us all the eye. And I was like, well, golly, I've never met you, but gee, it's not really a good introduction there. <laughs> and of course, our candidates, by our candidates, she announced her that she was running for mayor. Back then, like, who am I talking about? Announced she was running for mayor right here. Oh, well, Amy Weiss announced her run, her first run for mayor in 2015. Yep. So uh, Mutiny Radio and specifically the Common Thread Collective right and here. Women's Magazine have been a real like central part of uh, you know a place where people can come and, and Do what you're doing. kind of branch out and uh, you know explore these different ideas of uh, what what's possible, what's necessary, and what can be done. So um, thanks and for being here, Michelle. And thank you so much. I appreciate your invitation and and uh, again, uh, vote for Michelle Bravo for mayor, San Francisco, in this special election, 2018. Thank you again for having me, Diamond. And way, way beyond the, um, thank you. Way beyond Tuesday. I want to look at you. So you see, you're part. Of, you're welcome to. You're part of it. You said that. I know your learning curve is not going to end uh, on Tuesday. Uh, uh, end on Tuesday, but we'll continue. Every step is a step along the way. As we do what? Learn to love. Learn to love. Love to learn. Love to learn. That's what never ends. That's what never ends. You're always welcome here. And uh, 
I look forward to it. What do you think, Val? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy we're all coming together in our community here. And thank you, Michelle Bravo, for being my guest on Women's Magazine today. And um, we all are coming together here as we look at look in the face of uh, politics and, and what democracy can mean for all of us in this country and specifically here in this city. And um, I'm, I'm really... It, I'm really excited today um, because we've been kind of working up to this, getting ready for this. Um, we have a, we have three candidates here today. Um, well, we have Michelle, who's a candidate for mayor, um, but we have three candidates here today who are running um, for the U.S. House of Representatives to represent District 12 here in San Francisco. It's Nancy Pelosi's district that she's been, um, you know, the representative of for a, a rather long time. Um, and so I'd like to introduce our guests today. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a forum um, and a conversation with um, with 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 these candidates who have uh, thrown their hat in the ring as well and um, have definitely a lot to, sh to share and contribute about what they see as the most important issues uh, facing not only San Francisco but the country. So else we're going to get a chance to see what we do here, how we roll, because people get a lot of different ideas and much you see it yourself, you, you won't have that good idea how we roll. And so here we are. So is John going to do another song? Uh, no, we're going to go straight into the forum. We're, okay. we're running, running through, but maybe John will come back later. Yeah, we got, yeah he's got to go. Okay, yeah. John, So I want to introduce, and, and if, gentlemen, if you want to pick up your um, microphones for a moment there. Let's see, see how we're doing on... Thank you for joining us in this rather relaxed forum here at Mutiny Radio. Um, so we've got uh, three candidates here, Shahid Buttar. Great to be with you. We've got Barry Hermanson from the Green Party. Yep, Mike's working. Yeah. Yep, Mike's working. And uh, Ryan Kojaste. Hello, everybody. Hello. All right. I am going to turn your mics up just a little bit just to make sure we've got uh, some good quality sound on you here. Well, why don't we start with, um, so Shahid, uh, you're, you're the first person in line here and the person with the best microphone so far. Um, I, would love, I would love it if you could um, introduce yourself a little bit, um, a little bit about your background and uh, why you're running for uh, Congress right now. Sure. Thanks, Val. Uh, my name's Shahid Buttar. I'm a constitutional lawyer. I came out of Stanford Law School 15 years ago. Uh, I taught constitutional law there as a teaching assistant. Uh, I work most recently at the Electronic Frontier Foundation as the organization's director of grassroots advocacy. Uh, I've got 15 years of experience building the progressive movement uh, across the country here in San Francisco, in Washington, D.C., um, and at the local and state level, and lots of different points in between. I'm running for Congress particularly because we are living in a historical moment when we need Congress to show up for work. And under the leadership of a bipartisan corporate establishment, we've seen Congress march lockstep uh, in, in the aggrandizement of an executive branch that threatens the rights and liberties of all Americans, as well as the future. And this is no time for uh, people who put their careers before their public service, as I fear that uh, Nancy Pelosi has grown comfortable doing. And I'm very eager to see our city represented meaningfully in Washington. San Francisco is a unique city. Uh, it's, a, it's a tech capital. It's an LGBT mecca. It's a peace and justice um, uh, center. And you know, if you remix these different communities, and, it, and we're a city of iconoclasts, of people who came here from elsewhere, largely, and I am an immigrant to this country. Uh, I've been an advocate for LGBT marriage equality since 2004, 10 years before the Democratic establishment. Uh, I've been 
been arrested in lots of different cities trying to stop wars that Nancy Pelosi has voted to fund. Um, and watching the co-optation of San Francisco's voice in Washington has been uh, more than I've been willing to accept from the sidelines. That's why I'm running. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here and for letting us know a little bit about where you're coming from. Um, and I'd like to go down the line we'll just so we can continue with our introductions. Barry Hermanson, who's running on the Green Party ticket. Barry, thank you so much for, for coming back to Mutiny Radio. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. That's uh, a great show that you guys have. So um, I've, I've been a candidate before. And uh, uh, my major issues that I've been working on, I've been working on universal health care for 20 years. Um, I'm wearing a T-shirt today that has an image of, of an older image of the card that I'm using as a campaign card, U.S. Budget Priorities. And I first developed this um, in 2007 and 2008 uh, to show just the dramatic uh, a percentage of our national discretionary budget that is devoted to military year in and year out. I developed this um, in a campaign originally against uh, uh, Tom Lantos um, uh, leading up to the uh, 2008 primary. Uh, he died in office and Jackie Speer uh, became the front runner. And I'm, I'm very proud to say that um, uh, she, she did win that, that special election primary. Um, uh, and then I caught her on a vote uh, in the summer of 2008 to support uh, uh, just an enormous bloated military budget. And I printed it on the back of my campaign card. Um, uh, and so just telling voters uh, throughout uh, the district uh, what she had done. And I'm very proud to say that she's been a very reliable vote ever since then against uh, uh, military spending. Um, I'm trying to do the same thing uh, with uh, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, last year, she voted uh, uh, along with it, the vote was 344 to 81 in the House. And in the Senate, it was 89 to 8 to give President Trump 10 tens of billions of dollars more for the military than he had even requested. And so this information is on the back of my current campaign card. Um, uh, people throughout the district are getting this info. They really don't get information uh, about this sort of thing. I, the, the Chronicle, when they first reported it on Saturday, July 15th, uh, the 344 to 81 vote in the House, they reported that at the time it was $30 billion more than Trump had asked. Um, um, and they reported the numbers, 344 to 81, but they did not report that Nancy Pelosi had voted yes. And it, in my mind, they are uh, in collusion. Uh, oh, uh, by the way, they printed it on page 7A on a Saturday morning below the fold, pretty much guarantee that people would not see it. And this is kind of information from our major media that is hid from us, that there is no debate, no discussion. And I believe that instead we need to have funding for education. Let's educate our children. Uh, let, let us feed people. Let us house people who are homeless. So I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Barry. Barry Hermanson running on the green ticket, green party ticket. And then we have Ryan Kojaste. Ryan. Welcome back, Ryan. Yeah. I go back to all three of you. Thank you for having me back. Uh, My name is Ryan Kojaste. i San Francisco Bay Area native, born and raised here, did all my schooling here. I'm currently finishing up law school at UC Hastings. 
I'm San Francisco's youngest immigrant rights commissioner, appointed by the Board of Supervisors a month after Donald Trump was elected president. And to be honest, I never envisioned myself running for Congress at 24 years old, let alone against the leader of the Democratic Party. I'd like to begin by saying that I respect Nancy Pelosi very much for her decades of service, but at the end of the day, we do need to pass on the torch. A lot of us are frustrated with the direction the Democratic Party uh, is taking, and unfortunately, the unwillingness to fight for the progressive policies that the people of San Francisco um, believe in. So we, our campaign here, and you can see a lot of young people on our campaign here as well, we're not here running for myself. We're running on an idea that we need to have Congress reflect the demographics of America. We need more young people, we need more working families, more immigrant families, more everyday people who actually understand issues up there with a seat at the table to help determine how we resolve the mess that we're in. Especially this next generation, we're inheriting the greatest mess of all time. We're worse off than our parents' generation. So I think it's really important that we allow marginalized communities to believe that they too can run for office. That's why we're so proud to have a How to Run for Office video series literally teaching people how they too can run for office. We've had to make mistakes along the way. We weren't able to hire consultants. We did this all on our own. Hard work, passion, grit, sacrifice, and we're here today four days before an election that could very well make us the youngest campaign in history to ever challenge a sitting member of Congress. I think this is an important moment to speak truth to power, to say, look, we're respectful, we're not attacking our incumbent, but at the end of the day, the only way to progress our country is through change. So let's have a meaningful debate on the issues and talk about what is the best direction to take, not only for the Democratic Party, but for the United States of America. And that's why we're in this race. We're excited. We're energized. We're ready to go. And I'm excited personally to vote for myself. I think it'd be an emotional moment given the fact that my parents fled a revolution to come to this country and now their kid is on the ballot. That is the epitome of the American dream. So I'm happy to be here and I look forward to engaging in a dialogue with the other challengers. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan Kajaste. And Diamond Dave, you have a question. I do. Now, each and every one of you, all three of you, uh, we've had conversations earlier on. There's been a lot of water under the bridge since you were last in here. Is that right? But you were in here. Is that right? I'm just going. Yeah, and what I'd like to ask you, that was really early in the campaign. Yeah. You were just getting started. Now I hear you now, some months down the line, you're really proud of yourselves, really able to, to find yourself in a way, proud of yourself and find yourself, and here you are, here you are, and I want to ask you, what, uh, what, what, was, what, what has the campaign been like? What have you learned, been learned in this campaign? You've been going to, uh, you've been going to various functions, I assume. You've been getting out there in the city, I assume. You've been at various forums where the three of you sit together, maybe. I don't know about whether you've seen Nancy Pelosi or had a chance to talk to her, but here we are just a few days before Election Day. What are the lessons? What do you think? What are you going to tell yourself? What do you tell yourself about all the time you put in wanting to be elected? And by the way, to the people who don't know listening out there, this is not going to be ranked choice. Is that right? 
this is uh, this is where you vote for a single candidate, and eventually two candidates will be out, and they might both be Democrats. It's not going to be a Democrat or Republican any longer. Those days are over. The top two that can then come out of the primary and will run again. Am I right so far? You got it. Okay, so you still have a ways to go. What are you, hopefully, what are you three, maybe, have a ways to go. So tell us what it's been like. One correction. Uh, you just mentioned Republicans and Democrats. I believe there'll be a Democrat versus a Green on the ballot in November. All right. Well, Barry, how is, it, how is this? You, you've run for office before, um, you said, you mentioned earlier. Um, so what is, to Diamond Dave's question, what has this campaign been like for you? Well, thanks for the question. Um, I have an article that I've just written. It just has been published online uh, for the San Francisco Bayview newspaper. And the title of it um, is, um, it's difficult or it's hard to be a Green Party candidate in a Democratic Party town. Uh, you mentioned forums. I don't get invited. Um, uh, the Democratic clubs, the 38 Democratic clubs in San Francisco, um, uh, ever since Matt Gonzalez narrowly lost uh, to uh, Green Party candidate Matt Gonzalez, narrowly lost to Gavin Newsom back in 2003, all of the Democratic Party clubs in town have been barred uh, from endorsing anyone but a Democrat. Um, uh, and I understand it was the Harvey Milk Club that actually had switched their endorsement from Tom Amiano uh, to Matt Gonzalez since Matt actually uh, got into the runoff against uh, uh, Newsom. And so there's a deliberate attempt uh, in, 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 because uh, I, they cannot consider me for an endorsement without losing their, their charter. Um, uh, it also means that the clubs don't invite me. And, and I, so in my article, I say, you know, there are positives and negatives to this. Um, uh, the, obviously, the negative is not being able to speak to people who are voters, uh, even for their consideration. Uh, but the real positive thing is that it has given me much more time uh, to be out on the streets talking to people. I'm not filling out questionnaire, endless questionnaires uh, for all these groups. And this goes to any organization that is tied to the Democratic Party as well, uh, where I don't get consideration. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's really amazing. Uh, I, I, I'll, I can only speak uh, particularly about my history with labor, and I do so in my article. Um, uh, SEIU, uh, back in 2006, they had invited me when I was a candidate for state assembly, and both of the Democratic Party candidates, I, I admitted during the interview uh, I, with the uh, rank and file, they had not done as much for working people as I had. And I've never been invited, been invited back. I, I was told in advance of the meeting not to expect an endorsement. Uh, CNA, the California Nurses Association, I've been working with them for a long time on their number one policy objective, single payer. They won't mention me to their members, uh, yet I support their number one objective. Nancy Pelosi does not. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I've had the most fun, basically, in this campaign. It's been energizing. I, I get up every day and go out, and I'm hitting five, six, seven hundred doors. I'm, I'm having fun. I'm meeting people. This is the best campaign of all the ones that I have uh, done. So... Thanks. Well, that is really interesting. You kind of get to have free range because uh, it's almost like with the systems that set up, you, you have nothing to lose. You know, you can get out there and and uh, 
talk about the important issues and not have to worry about the backlash of what's really concerning to me is the major question and i have it on my campaign card why does the leadership of the Democratic Party prioritize military spending over everything else? And that is not the question that I'm allowed to ask in the labor community. It's not the question I'm allowed to any Democratic Party uh, a club. Uh, it's, it's, it, it is protecting the leadership of the Democratic Party, as far as I'm concerned, so that there can be no debate. Okay, thank you. I want to say we know that, but also we know that some people who who enroll. I've got a friend, Barry. Barry, who ran for president from Vermont. From Vermont, running for president. Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Bernie, how about Bernie? My here's Bernie. Bernie said, "I'm not a Democratic, but I'm a Democratic socialist." And in fact, he never he never gave that up. We always spoke of a Democratic socialist, and he was kind of a green. He went to Vermont as part of the Back to the Land Green movement. He was running, but I don't think he's ever said, "I'm a Democrat in the usual sense." And I think the ways you can get over, ways you can get over, up to Sinclair, socialist by the back then, were running for for governor of California on the epic ten poverty in California ticket, uh, was a socialist who ran as a Democrat. There are probably ways you can figure it out, but I understand what you say, Barry, and I'm so glad that you're here. Let's hear from the next one. What's it been like? Yeah, Shahid, what has it been like Shahid. for you? Sorry to <laughs> I just caught, caught you off guard a little bit. I apologize for That's that. Golf cart is good. Um, looks like we're just keeping yeah we're just keeping the door closed to make sure we can get everybody's voices heard. So Shahid, this this campaign for you, I know that um, so much advocacy work in your background, but not um, not particularly a fan of electoral politics. What's it been like for you as a candidate for Congress? It's a remarkably privileged opportunity to help mold a public conversation. You know, among the things I've learned are all the different ways that people can participate to help build a voice that is bigger than any one of us. And I've been really humbled by the contributions of all of our different volunteers and all of our different supporters. You know, we have uh, hundreds of supporters. We have hundreds of volunteers. It's a remarkably inspiring thing to witness a community of people come together across so many different communities, right? I mean, to see uh, people concerned about immigrant rights, to see people concerned about the military co-optation of our federal spending priorities, to see people concerned about health care, to concerned about housing, uh, concerned about the co-optation of the internet as a tool for global surveillance or the human rights abuses in which Nancy Pelosi has unfortunately proven complicit. Uh, people concerned about all these different issues are coming together around our campaign and it is a um, it, it's it's a very humbling feeling. You know, when I started out, I felt very much like uh, David confronting a Goliath without a sling. And, uh, you know, our supporters are the sling. It's it, uh, I feel very much like a, um, the possibilities that have emerged are, are greater than what I could possibly have imagined at the outset. And so that's one thing I've learned. I've also at the same time learned that our civic uh, culture has eroded far worse than I even fear. Um, for instance, I've sat in rooms where I've watched a uh, community of, of color, um, a high-income community of color, uh, at a mayoral forum, greet with tepid applause one of the mayoral candidates who has long championed its interests 
while then greeting with roaring applause a candidate who very warmly talked about how uh, they would basically fleece this community and oppose its interests at every turn. And to watch people cheer as they were basically being fed their own flesh was really disturbing to me. And you know, it, it exposed for me, you know, on the one hand, uh, for me as a long-established issue advocate entering the electoral arena, a lot of people told me uh, that people don't have the attention span or the preparation to even understand what I might have to offer and, and teach and share. And I think on the one hand, while I've observed that to be the case in the broader political culture, which you know maybe is more concerned about sports scores than the policies that will enable people to live and thrive and survive in our city. Uh, at the same time, I've seen a lot of people with very well-established concerns who've come out of the woodwork and, and blown wind in our sails. And I'm, I'm very excited to have their support and to represent their interests, both in this race and hopefully in Washington. Well, that's that is that is exciting to to have have these kind of winds come through, uh, kind of the winds of change. You mentioned real quickly there the 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 people paying attention to sports. Uh, there's a new movement of of people, mostly men across the country, men of color, and and it doesn't matter what color you are, but men who are um, black trying to black out the NFL um, by not going to the games, not buying tickets, not buying paraphernalia, um, and uh, basically just boycotting the NFL and, and, and instead just to jump on that, I mean, think it's because the NFL is boycotting athletes who have the temerity to go so far as to not even raise their voices, but merely to kneel in silent, respectful, peaceful protest. That's so offensive for the NSL NFL that athletes are getting blacklisted. This is basically a countervailing, you know, effort by consumers to flex our purchasing power to hold the NFL accountable to our own constitutional values. And I think it's particularly galling that Nancy Pelosi can't come out and very clearly support a star athlete in her town who's being silenced by an industry. I think it's a very telling reflection of where her own allegiances are. And also that that movement is um, what I what's particularly kind of moving about it is that in these people are dedicating themselves to not watch football on Sunday, but instead to actually go out and and do community work and bring young people in and, and like offer their energy to their community as opposed to a lifetime of Sundays on the couch. So um, I see that the, the, the changes that are happening on, you know, different levels that we're not necessarily expecting. Um, I can see how maybe that's ex uh, coming into play in this, in this election. So Ryan, maybe we can have your response to Diamond Dave's question um, of, I know you talked a little bit about how this has been really energizing for you, um, but Talk a little bit more about um, what what the whole process has been, and the kind of maybe kind of the reactions that you've been getting um, being the youngest person to run for Congress. Of course, it's <clears throat> it's been a learning experience. We went into this really <clears throat> not knowing exactly what the process entailed to run for office. So we've learned so much in the process, and we have been very humbled by individuals who've really resonated with our message. But at the end of the day, politics is politics, and there will always be gatekeepers. So the important message that I have for anybody that wants to run is keep your head up. People will try to tear you down. They'll try and thwart your campaign, start rumors, say that you're not qualified or you don't deserve to run. But at the end of the day, it's the people of San Francisco that get to decide, not some powers that be who try and dictate who, whose turn it is to run.
So that's why we have been so excited that the press have decided to write about us. The Examiner, Weekly, Chronicle, things that we never thought would be possible because at the end of the day, these are established newspapers. And I think that shows how strong our message is that at the end of the day, I'm representing an idea. I'm not running for Ryan Kojaste. I'm running so that all of us see something being done. And that instead of us complaining, we have an opportunity to take power back into our own hands. And it's a hard process. I was very nervous at the beginning, but I think now I've really found my voice. And I know that people are watching this because they want to believe in hope again. They want to believe that if this can be done, if we can set this precedent, break this glass ceiling, it would reverberate throughout the country. And hopefully more young people will say, look, if I'm upset, if I'm frustrated, the best way that I can do something about this and represent my community is throwing my hat in the ring. And it's not about winning or losing at this point, because as Shah had mentioned before, it was about molding a dialogue. We can have people start talking about these issues, because at the end of the day, the important thing is what the future of the Democratic Party is going to look like. And it doesn't look like people who've been around for 30 plus years. I don't think anybody should be in office for that long. It's important to have new voices, and it's important that we actually hold our leaders accountable. And that's why it's been so amazing to be out at these BART stops, at these Muni stops, knocking on doors. People are excited to speak to a candidate. It's been maybe 30 years that someone for Congress has knocked on some people's doors. And I'm saying, look, I'm running for Congress and I want to know what keeps you up at night. And they can believe that you can trust in government again. People don't trust our government. And that's why a lot of the reason that people didn't go out to vote in 2016 or people voted for the candidate saying, let's drain the swamp. And now we live in a nightmare. We got to strengthen the Democratic Party. That's by getting people energized and believing that they can take their frustration out at the polls and elect a new generation of leadership. Well, Ryan, while you have the microphone, um, let's get into some of this policy because I think all of you have illustrated to to me, at least as our guests today, but also as our guests in the past, that you really all seem to have a very kind of big picture um, idea of some of the different things that really need to be addressed in order to really start helping people and making government work for, for um, society. So Ryan, while you still have the microphone, what are some of the, you know, couple top things that, that if you're elected that you would really jump into 